Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. Wow. April in the garden. Mm. We're in the middle of spring now, are we, Chris? That's what they say, mid-spring, and it can be a cruel month, though, can't it, Peter? Honestly, I was looking through the pictures on my telephone the Mm. other day, and... Okay, we're obviously recording this a, a week before April, but mm. there was snow. There was a couple of years ago. Was like, yeah, yeah. Hmm, I was in the park on my sledge. But I haven't managed it this year. <laughs> so far, so good. But uh, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a combination of that and and high and the temperature difference, and then those winds we get, which uh, as we're mm. recording today is a breezy day, and that's the thing. It's drying the soil out. We've not had too much rain through March, although we've had a bit more than we we probably expected. Yeah, it's been uh, a very dry winter, but mm, I'd say, yeah, yeah, March was, every time I wanted to go out and mow the lawn, yeah, I couldn't get out there because it was too wet, but mm. equally it seems to be drying up again now, yeah. and yeah, apologies to our listeners if the wind's whistling away in the background, it's a bit windy <laughs> today, but... Yeah, so but uh, well, the good news is though, Peter, everything's growing, isn't it? The, mm. you know, the, the, the bulbs are looking good. The, the plants are breaking dormant. I noticed my uh, my wonderful Japanese maples are starting to break, but now, which is always exciting. So yes. yeah, it's it's uh, spring is definitely uh, it has, has definitely arrived. Well, daffodils are out, like you mm. say, and the my leaves are just. I saw my neighbour's magnolias mm-hmm. now got about half a dozen flowers on it, and. Yep. That's always, well, and the dandelions are growing in my lawn, which sure. is always a good sign Indeed. that it's time to get planting seeds, isn't it? That's right. And of course, uh, yeah, the garden centre, we're obviously a lot busier now. People are, a lot of the fair weather gardeners are venturing out, which is always a good mm. sign. And uh, yeah, but it's, there's plenty to be, to, be, to be getting on with. Definitely. So mm. what have we got going on at the moment then, Chris? So what's on wise, it's a, a fairly quiet start to the month for, for, for events. However, on the 1st and 2nd of April, uh, yep. Cornwall Garden society spring show so if you're in that part of the world down in uh, down in the royal cornwall showground down in lovely wadebridge uh, they've got a a nice event happening over those two days and then there's lots of plant fairs we've mentioned plant fairs before haven't we peter and Mm. uh, we've got a few actually again on the same first and second of april over at uh, great dixter obviously the gardens down of the the late christopher lloyd just down the road from the garden center here it's the evenly wood rare plant fair on the the second of april Yep. And then we've got over at Arundel Castle, the Spring Fair Roadshow on the 23rd. So okay. some really good, and of course, these are really good events for, for, uh, for plantaholics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go and find the weird and the wonderful. Most definitely, yeah, in, indeed. And uh, then obviously, as we get towards the end of April, we've got some big shows. These are the big hitting shows, which are, are good. And uh, we, of course, we, we chatted to Martin Fish. Last yep. last year uh, about his involvement with the Harrogate Spring uh, Flower Show. Well, you'll probably find uh, Martin there over the twentieth to the twenty third of, of April. It's their big event, yeah. and uh, of course they've got show gardens, plant nurseries, floral art, and such like, and lots of live entertainment. So that's at the Great Yorkshire Showground. Okay. And then the following week we've got the BBC Gardeners World Spring Fair. This is a new um, flower sh- flower show. Yep. Over in Bewley on the, the wonderful uh, uh, New Forest down in, in Hampshire. So plenty okay. to, yeah, some nice things to, to think about towards the end of this month. Yeah, because we've got Spring Fair in the garden centre industry where we all trek mm. up to the NEC and um, see what's going. Well, it's the last of the Christmas buying you do there and then see what's good for summer and what have you. But this is obviously a 
more garden orientated mm. one for the public so that's good yes nice so, to see that. and certainly the first sort of attempts to do a little bit of retail therapy and also to start to uh, you know plan your, your, your garden year as well mm. and a barbecue year chris that's, the that's barbecue. Your, all oh, the sunshine yeah. coming out hopefully yes. time to get the barbecue out and cleaned and the garden <laughs> furniture as well get that all yeah. nicely set up yeah check the pressure washer's still going yeah do check <laughs> most definitely brilliant good stuff mm. okay and what's going on in the news then yeah so quite an interesting mix and the first story i've got up peter is about mr titchmarsh now okay yeah you know britain's favorite gardener has admitted that he doesn't tend to follow his own gardening advice which I thought was quite a nice story. Shocking. Yes. What a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, listeners, you'd be pleased to know everything I say is the truth, and I yeah. really have no idea about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us do, like Chris, but no, oh, not no, me. But what's Mr. Tishmarsh been well, doing? Well, he's, 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 he... he's spilled the beans. It's in the uh, the Telegraph, actually, a bit earlier back on in, in March, but it's been well picked up by a lot of other newspapers. But basically, he's saying that um, he's confessed that he doesn't really make use of all of his own gardening advice, and sometimes he does miss out on on those key jobs. He has got a, I think it's a three or four acre garden, so I suppose that's okay. Fair that's enough. Yeah, down in Hampshire. But I should imagine with his ten- television schedule mm, as well. He's it a must busy man. Be yeah, hard to do yeah. things like get, keep the garden looking good at all times. Yeah, but one thing which did make me slightly uh, chuckle is that he's not immune to impulse purchase plants that he has no place for in the garden. So if Brilliant. you're out there and you come to garden, your garden centre and you do your shopping, you think I really need to buy that plant, but I actually haven't got somewhere for it to go. Then you're not alone. Even uh, the UK's best love gardening presenter does the same things but uh, it's interesting isn't it that we, mm-hmm. we we do sort of sometimes bear our soul when it comes to admitting things on on the on the gardening front well to be honest with you chris i think part of the joy of going shopping is isn't it is yeah. like you see something in a yeah. nice display mm. and it just grabs you and you think oh, i really need one of those and then you mm. sort of get home and you think oh. yes Maybe I didn't actually need that. No, but but, but at the time you yeah that's 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 the thing yeah. yeah. And ultimately, the best mm. thing with plants is mm. they tend to grow, don't they? So yeah. even if you haven't quite got the right mixture of colours in, you can plant it in with the wrong mixture of colours, and that's very true. It'll grow. And I suppose in view of the fact we've lost quite a lot of plants this winter, a lot of people have going to have a few gaps to fill, as we're yep. as we're already seeing. But uh, it's interesting in the garden centre, Peter. We were doing some obviously new displays around the, in the plant area, and it's it's a good how you can really display and show plants off, isn't it? So you get a lot of ideas for your own garden, whether it's you know color, you know combining plants together, creating yep. those little um, um, you know those complementary plantings, and, and of course this is a great time of the year to be doing that when you've got a little bit of time. Uh, on your hands. Why was Daniel Lockman chopping away at the brambles before mm-hmm. they got growing again? I thought trying get them back good. into control uh, after last year's um, free for all on my allotment as they Ooh. normally get. Um, but just thinking about planting, Chris, mm-hmm. I know I was hoping to get some root wrap ra- roses in mm. over the winter. Mm. I haven't got around to it yet. Am I too late now? No, it, we have got a bit of, you've got a bit of time, April, so you've got probably two or three weeks if you're really quick off the mark. Okay, so yeah. if they're breaking bud, mm. I'm still okay, still but okay. if they've got probably 
long shoots on, yeah, then leaves and yeah, big long shoots leave yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, well, certainly the, the root rat roses are in a better sort of state than, say, buying something bare rooted because, of course, you've got those those very tender, fibrous roots, which, of course, when you lift, get damaged because a root rat rose has got a, a self-contained amount of compost around. You can then sort of move it quite safely into its planting hole. But uh, a great opportunity to yeah to build up your collection if you've got to plant a new rose bed. It's certainly the most cost-effective way of doing it too. Excellent. Well, maybe I'd better pull my finger out then. Yes. Get down. (laughs) (laughs) And now moving on to the news. Mm. It's really intriguing, this uh, as a a title, isn't it? Alien plant species now outnumber UK natives, a new study has revealed. What's this about then, Chris? Yeah, so um, basically it's been been a a 20-year study highlighting the, the shifts in our UK flora. Okay. So this is basically under the name Plant Atlas 2020. It's looked at 30 million plants have been recorded, incredibly, wow. uh, using 9,000 botanists. Okay. I mean, the stats are sort of stuck up to look at basically um, 345,000 different species which have been recorded. So to get an idea of what's native in the UK, what's, what's in peril, because uh, this, this is the issue, isn't it? Yep. And how we are, you know, how the the flora and fauna is changing across the UK, and um, yeah, so it's yeah, even from the, the native plants like your heather and your you know your uh, your harebell, your your, your campanula, um, yep. and obviously a lot of these have been lost due to you know human impact. So it's us humans have been obviously ripping out habitats, yep. which have put them under a lot of pressure too. Well, um, and also, I suppose we possibly as a industry are a little bit guilty of polluting the mm. native stocks shall we say because yes. i know when i first started here and i took up bulb buying mm. i had absolutely no idea and i can remember my mother going absolutely mad when she checked through my sort of proposed order list um that i was going to buy some bluebells that i thought looked quite pretty mm. But of course, they're not the no. native ones, and she was not happy with me <laughs> and the no. idea of me garden centres selling Spanish ones. bluebells. It's like, Ooh. no, we sell British plants here, and we only want yeah. the yeah. British yeah. ones. Indeed. And that's the problem. With the Spanish bluebell, of course, it's escaped, hasn't it? That's the thing. It's escaped into the habitats. It's now crossbreeding with the, the English bluebell, and that's what's seeing the, the rise of the of that those sort of numbers. So... Yeah, it is important, and I think this this sort of report highlights that quite uh, quite literally. So we'll, we'll yeah, so we'll put the uh, the link to the report on uh, on our uh, on our show notes, so you can get a, a full idea. But what other things they were saying, Peter, in this this report is that there should be some national policy changes to help to reverse the decline of native species as well. And one thing which mm. we we get involved here, at the garden centre and the nursery is obviously the steward sorry the steward. Stewardship? That's the word. <laughs> Scheme, which of course uh, encourages, rewards farmers for restoring their habitats in their on their land. So obviously putting in native species of hedges, quickthorn, yep. blackthorn, and they want to see a bit of a change that to revamp it, make it more more attractive, shall we say, to do that, which I think is only a good thing. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Like, yeah, yeah, and obviously to try and encourage more biodiversity, because ultimately yep. that's what we all do. And as gardeners, of course, we're doing such a grand job of that anyway. Without a doubt. And like you say, yeah, it's all about trying to create these pathways and mm. what have you, you know, rather than ripping out hedgerows, exactly. plant sort of 
and more hedgerows and more trees and mm. the wildlife will come back and that'll help repopulate the, the country with bugs and wildlife. Indeed. It? And it's interesting. Like. That's, that's very true, Peter. And one of the last things they say is increasing opportunities to encourage children to learn to love plants. Because if you're doing all these things around you, and obviously this is something we're going to be, we're going to have to take to heart and really push for our native species, everybody will learn Without from that, it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's brilliant. Good stuff. And I see Blue Diamond... Uh, Trying to expand into the National Trust market now. And they're going to launch their own range of National Trust plants and seeds and products. It's interesting. It is, Peter. It's a very interesting one. So the idea is that um, gardeners will be able to buy uh, special plants uh, which you would see in National Trust properties. Uh, okay. Think about you know Sissinghurst, the wonderful Sissinghurst down in mm. Kent, and that fantastic white garden. You'll be able to buy a selection of plants to replicate um, the essence of that particular garden. And they're going to be bringing out ranges of seeds, and I suspect bulbs as well. Over this five-year deal, they've uh, they've worked on. I think it's quite a, an interesting way of, of of sort of pushing pushing the brand, if you like, which of course. These days, we're, we're all very familiar with that in garden centres, whether it's, you know, RHS seeds uh, under the, uh, you know, flagged up on, on the seed racks, which obviously are not grown by the, the, by the Royal Horticultural Society, but they're, uh, they're branded. Um, yep. And that's a good way of getting the name across. So if it helps the National Trust, and I think they gain as well from sales as well, so they'll get a, a donation, which is obviously good, as they are a, a charity status. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah I, I mean, that's it. I mean, when we sell... I mean, Ket- Kettler was, I'm going to say, the first mm. company that the RHS sort of got into bed with with regards to furniture or yeah. garden furniture. Mm. So, well, yeah. It's a good brand. Mm. I'm not entirely sure people will pay sort of 20, 30 pounds or more just mm. for a, a stamp, but mm. it yeah. works in so many other it does. Yeah. markets that, yeah, maybe this is the way forwards for. Mm. Yes. Buying your tu- white tulips, you need the yeah. National Trust badge on them. <laughs> Maybe, yes. It's, it's how we are, I suppose, seduced as, as, um, as, as customers, isn't it, into, into, into that sort of state of mind. But, however, there is another you know, benefit from this. Obviously, they're going to benefit from all these wonderful plants, which are obviously on yeah. National Trust properties. Well, um, I guess that's it. Once yeah. you've been around the gardens and you've mm. been inspired by the gardens, there you, yeah. now you can buy the... Plants to buy them as yeah, well, which is yeah. brilliant. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, we all—it's all good to be planting, mm. isn't it? At the yeah, end of course. the day, and yeah. you know, the more different and varied things that we can get, the mm. better. And it's interesting, Peter. The the National Trust have a a, a secret nursery, um, which right. they which they don't reveal where it is, where a lot of very old varieties of plants are being grown. Okay. And I think, and I got the impression from the, the the press release I was reading that a lot of these plants over the next four years will start to appear, and of course they'll be exclusive. To, to, a, to a garden centre group, which we, we're all familiar with now, certain plants yep. are uh, as, as well. And including in that, of course, is the, the Newton apple. Oh, yeah. So this apple tree is based up in the family home of uh, Wolfthorpe Manor up in Lincolnshire. And That's it's where re- Newton lived, was it? Apparently so, yes. I never knew that, actually. Uh, so when... <laughs> is that geography falling they, off my head? Well, let's... <laughs> The Blue Diamond are going to be offering a chance to bid to win uh, 10 
rooted cuttings or cutting raised plants from this tree, okay. uh, which is quite interesting. So this is this is an old tree, Peter, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the photos, uh, the photo isn't particularly good. Well, it's, it's a massive great it, tree, yeah. isn't it? It's like I an mean, oak tree, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, but then that's mm. if they really are doing cuttings. Mm. It's going to hopefully the ten people who win them have got big gardens because from yeah. my memory, don't apple trees if they're grown on their natural rootstocks they, hit thirty, forty? They could get big, 50, huge, you know, sort of foot yeah. tall, don't they? I mean, they they do, and that's probably the reason why we would obviously suggest you know grafting them to, to yeah, control them. You graft an mm. apple tree, don't you? You but do anyway. Uh, so mm. Newton sat under his tree. Yep, had an apple fall on him. That's it. Which that. was now. Did he name it the flower of Kent, or was it already the was the variety think, already well known? I, I think anecdotally it was known as the flower of Kent. It's a, it's a cooking variety, so it's it obviously okay. yeah. It's, it's a big right apple, there. then it is. That's yes. why he came up with the word gravity, <laughs> as he was suffering <laughs> as he was suffering from concussion. Better than a swear word. Um, Brilliant good yeah, stuff. So yeah, look, look out for this auction. There's only ten lucky winners, and if you've got a big enough garden, or you've got a, a community, I suppose a community garden would be the place to win mm. this, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if you've got a you know an established orchard, that would take pride of place and uh, a nice uh, a nice wave to Mister Isaac Newton. That's it, and also I suppose if you've got one of the original Bramleys, mm. I mean, that's another one that they've been it trying is. to sort of propagate from and uh, get. More of the natural or the original plant to reproduce because that's I can't remember how many years old was it. It's, it's going on a few, and then of course we we sell uh, the garden centre here bare rooted a, a a maiden of the Bramley's original, so that's original stockwood which came from from the plant again again as a way of keeping and preserving the genetics of that particular apple tree. Excellent, because I think that's the crucial thing, isn't it? With apples, is that you can't grow them from seed. Nope. Because they don't grow true to type. Yeah, back to the apple you started with. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, that's it. Yeah. Cool, nice one, good stuff. And see, uh, Manchester's in the news for some new innovative parks. Now, looking at the pictures, they're not quite as sort of fantastic and enormous. These huge, shall I say, um, as the ones in Singapore that we read about a few months back. It's made out of massive wrought iron structures and yes. this is, hanging gardens and all sorts. This is a bit more... This is more rustic, isn't it? This yeah. is a bit more industrial. And it's actually a part of um, the, the structure quite close to Piccadilly Station in Manchester. And it's uh, okay. basically they've created this 60-acre uh, garden park, which is basically um, it's suspended across the across the city mm -hmm. and it's all been nurtured and collated by the national trust and they're bringing in a lot of lot of plant material um they're they're suggesting looking at the they're putting in lots of uh, flower planting sixty three thousand plants wildflower meadow ornamental grasses 140 trees uh, of 40 di different species so they're really going for it and they're already suggesting that uh, last year they had over ten thousand visitors um to the um, the park as well so it's a basically it's a grade two listed victorian structure which has been it's basically an old, it's an old viaduct yeah yeah it? which has been so yeah and it's been re sort of re re reimagined hasn't it and i think that's really good in these this day and age that it's something which uh, 
can be preserved and obviously people can enjoy it in a different way to how it was obviously used to originally to back in the Victorian era was this yeah, or, Victorian, mean, it was like yes. a sort of wrought iron or mm. big old metal structure which I guess is Victorian but yeah well, it was built over a hundred years ago so it's certainly in the classification isn't it and uh, obviously yeah. there's lots of work going around there but it's yeah the May- Mayfield Park near, near uh, Piccadilly Station in, in the centre of Manchester and mm-hmm. uh, they call it the, the Castlefield Viaduct that's its its tag when you look on the, the National Trust so well worth having a look at brilliant nice one and Strophocactus Wittii or that, that rolls off the tongue doesn't it Peter that's a nice easy word isn't it yeah, a nice name Moonflower that's a better name that's yeah. a bit easier to say so the Moonflower which mm. is grown over in Cambridge Botanic yeah. Gardens um, mm. along with 16 other Botanic Gardens Correct. around the world so it's yeah. not very common this, no, it's, this it's, Moonflower it's, is it it's not rare in the wild but it's rare in cultivation as the uh, the article says it's interesting Peter because this has actually happened now. This happened literally a few days ago. But okay. if you go on YouTube, we'll put a link. You can yeah. see time lapse on actually how the flower opens. It only lasts for a number of hours, maybe twelve hours, and then the flower fades and disappears. So, and it flowers at night. Well, that's what it should do. Hence the name Moonflower. However, in previous years, it's flowered during the afternoon. <laughs> it suddenly made an appearance. So it is a little bit uh, unreliable, but. Generally, it should flower, uh, normally flowers overnight. Okay, so uh, I guess in that case it's maybe pollinated by moths. Exactly right, yeah. Wow. Yeah, That's so it's very, very specific. And it's a little bit different. You know, we talk about cacti and cactus, but this yep. one is a little bit like if you grow Christmas cacti or the Easter cacti, yeah, yeah. which will be flowering shortly. Very thin pads of, of cells. So instead of being sort of typical sort of barrel shape, which are normal cacti, these are very, very thin and they're epiphytic, right. so they actually grow up existing trees, okay. and they parasitise the plant. So they use it as a as a climbing frame, if you like, to get to the top of the tree. Mm. And in doing that, they basically they're like, like like huge suction pads, and they attach themselves, taking in moisture and nutrients from the environment yeah, epiphytically. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're lucky, they produce flowers. So it's quite a, an unusual way of of growing, and how it uses other plants to achieve its so does it have like roots in the soil or is it, it, it literally the, more like well, I'm thinking mistletoe mistletoe just grows up in the tree doesn't it doesn't yeah. have any nope. contact with the soil no it's just using the tree as a carrier so exactly unlike a lot of the cacti uh, sorry like the orchids like the uh, phalaenopsis orchid exactly the same way because that's okay. a, that's an epiphytic uh, orchid, as uh, as Manus always used to tell us on his uh, on yeah, what yeah. he does in his talks, and it it does really brings the plants together. So, yeah, um, fascinating. I mean, it's just one of those wonderful weird bits of nature, which you know, each time you hear about it, really does enthrall you, doesn't it? It makes mm-hmm. it. But uh, plenty of information on the on our show notes on that. I look forward to watching that because mm. yes, yeah, I think time lapse photography on something that's mm. like that is brilliant. Cause yeah. It, mm. And an interesting, Peter, one of the time lapses I noticed is that obviously the camera was there and people were actually looking at them, obviously taking photos. So you get people with pictures with the flower as well as it as it goes through its various stages of life. So yeah. Um, Fantastic. I'll have a look for that then. Brilliant. And our friends over at Frank Matthews have won an award. Mm. Yes. It's the what do they call the Stanley 
Lord Bowl, and it's awarded Peter to the best exhibit of fruit shown at any of the, the horticultural society shows uh, through that year. So this was picked okay. up back in um, it was the autumn, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the autumn fruits display at the Malvern show back in 2022. So, mm. um, and, it, and the, from the picture, it was quite an amazing display. There's quite a few different fruits they've got mm. there. And uh, is it all fruit or is it just? It is. It's all fruits. Fruit, I think. Yes, yeah, it's a variety of, of types. And of course, obviously, Frank Matthews supply a lot of our ornamental trees, but they also produce a lot of really good uh, espalier and fan and cordon train fruits, which of course we we sell here and which are available, you know, across the whole of the UK. So they're a, a big player when it comes to all types of fruit trees. So it's just nice mm. that they're getting some, some getting some recognition. Indeed. Well, and equally, yeah. if you want to mm. learn a bit more about small trees or trees for small gardens, mm. I think was, the podcast yep. was cool. We had an interview with Steve Dunn from um, Frank Matthews. Yep. Here, I can't remember. Yes. What, have a look through the shows and mm. you'll find it. Yes, it was, I think <laughs> it was the autumn, sm- wasn't it? It was the autumn of a couple, awesome. couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. called Trees for Small, small gardens. gardens. I can remember mm. that much. Yeah, yeah. indeed. And uh, yeah, Excellent. And this time of the year, we're, we're thinking about flowering cherry trees and things. Well, mm-hmm. I'd be one to just drop back. I think it was uh, a popular choice at the time. But uh, yeah, well done to, to Frank Matthews in their award. It's really good to see the RHS and I guess the BBC and mm-hmm. the sort of big players in mm. the garden show industry are finally going towards a more greener future. And I mean, they're Talking about sort of using cardboard boxes now instead of plastic and simple yeah. things that mm. obviously help to make the world a less plastic and plasticky place, isn't Indeed, it? Indeed, yeah, really good. it is, Peter. And I think I think they've been a little bit slow off the mark, really. <laughs> Being a bit of an honest, aren't they? Because obviously a lot of places, yes. are. <laughs> um, yeah, even using um, you know obviously um, obviously using going away from plastic uh, cutlery as well, you know, in there because I've well, single use cutlery now yeah, is. Yeah. I yeah. don't think you can use it anymore, no. can you? Or there's a ban coming up on it. And yeah, so that's... And I know our, our industry, in the sort of catering industry, the catering industry, should I say, has been using sort of bamboo stuff for mm. quite a long time. It's, yeah. I mean, it's commonplace nowadays. It is, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the likes of Costa and their yeah. single-serve cups are yeah. made out of recycled materials, which... Mm-hmm. It's all good. It's I all mean, good. It's, yeah. so, it's, it's, it's a positive. Yeah, it's only and, about time these yeah. big show organisers mm. got in line and mm-hmm. joined the show. And no artificial grass as no. well. No. My word. Well, that's about that's time. Indeed, a long time, yeah. But I suppose at the end of the day, Peter, on this is the sustainability front about obviously gardens, you know, being re- repurposed, shall we say, after the flower shows. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, likes of Chelsea and Hampton Court. Um, a lot of these shows then move, uh, these gardens move on and built brick by brick elsewhere. And I was listening to uh, good old Lindengate, our fairly local uh, mental health charity uh, over yeah. in Aylesbury. They've uh, they've uh, benefited from a garden which they're having rebuilt at their site. So that's okay. a definite positivity from the situation, isn't it? That, well, so, without a doubt, because mm-hmm. I mean, when these garden designers put the show gardens on at Chelsea, I mean, they, they look amazing. They do. And... Absolutely. You do sometimes question what they look like in sort of five, ten years' time. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you dig them up and move them to somebody, somewhere else, you can actually see that. And if the, if the garden designer's done a good job, mm-hmm. they'll look even better in ten Indeed. years because the plants look properly established Indeed. and 
that really good, but yeah. they'd pro- probably be spaced at different spacings to what they do at the, the well, you think they shelter. might yeah. ease them out and make them twice the size, uh, four times the maybe. size. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, it's good. And I think, uh, yeah, I think one of the, this particular article was saying about the uh, Bruin uh, Dolphin Garden, which was created last year, that actually showed all the areas of sustainability in, in one garden. It was like a statement piece, and uh, hopefully, that, that mantra will be thrown to all the new garden designers or garden designers. You know, considering to build gardens now to put that into their uh, their brief to make sure that they are making something which will work across all all, uh, all levels. Brilliant. And in the vein of like recycling mm. and reusing things, I see there's a floating islands. At the... It's over in Singapore, is that they um, they're developing this idea. This is where is where is a land strap, um, and they create these wonderful floating islands which are basically using um plastic bottles yes yeah, so well uh, yeah. coca-cola, coca-cola bottles i guess yeah, yeah. pet yeah. pet got bottles aren't yeah. they cool yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're creating these sort of rafts if you like and then obviously putting in a, a growing um, material and then growing the crops in those and as you said peter they would have to be in uh, fresh water for them to to, to grow yeah, well. they won't work very well in the sea, will they? No, but a bit, bit limited. Mangrove swamps, maybe, but yeah, um, yeah well, yeah. I guess mm. if you've got masses of water, and I don't know, I'm trying to think where mm. in the world you, I mean, obviously Lake Malawi and mm. Tanganyika and sort of a few yeah. big inland lakes. But I suppose yeah. even Canada has got mm. great lakes. Basically. They could maybe they could grow some, um, yeah, crops. They could good for growing, um. Wheat, isn't it, over yes, in that part of the world? world. Yes, yes. <laughs> see a combine <laughs> harvester out in the middle. Of <laughs> that would be an interesting sight, wouldn't it? Yeah. Lake Ottawa, I can't yeah. see it somehow, but yeah. it's good as at least we're trying, I it suppose. Is, at yeah. least we're trying. Indeed. <laughs> and I see amateur gardening have run an interesting article about, well, I guess keeping your costs down, really, mm. isn't it? I mean, obviously. We all like to like a bargain, mm. and at the end of the day, they've you know, what they've done is a price comparison of some of the more, I say, higher profile garden products, mm. things like Tomorite, Q4, Miracle Grow, Aftercut, Grow More. And the thing I find interesting about it is that they've used the big brands mm. to start off with, rather than yes, using own brands and yeah. mm. sort of the. Likes of, I mean, Tomorite, don't get me wrong, fantastic product, great fertilizer, full mm. of nitrogen, yeah. gives you really good tomatoes. Yep. The DOF equivalent. Yes. It's, it's, still, it's yeah. the only one I've ever tried, if I'm totally honest yes. with you. I'm a cheapskate. And I looked at the MPK. Probably very, very similar. Yep. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Both of them have got trace elements. And they've got seaweed in them. Yep. Which yeah, is the key. But yeah. As the article pointed out, very interesting that if you buy your Tomorite in home bargains, mm-hmm. you're paying three ninety nine for it. Or if you bought it in Golds near Weymouth, seven forty nine. Big price differences, yeah. So it does yeah. pay to shop around, doesn't it? And how much are we for a litre of Tomorite, Chris? Did you uh, look four, at yeah, four ninety nine and four ninety nine. Yeah, so only a pound more than home bargains. Yeah. And, and actually, our and our, our um, one litre is actually one point two litres. So you actually get a little more uh, for your money as well. So there you go. Yeah, but then equally, I wondered. I haven't got the price on the top of my on the tip of my tongue, mm. but 
I bet the Doff one's a couple of pounds cheaper. It is, I think it's three ninety nine. Well, it was last last season, wasn't it? Three ninety nine yeah. for for a litre. So, mm. yeah, I'm sure the likes of maybe Home Bargains mm. doesn't have their own brand stuff, but I'm no. sure the likes of Dobby's or mm. uh, some of the bigger garden oh, centres do have do, yeah. a, an, a, a, a different offer mm. that essentially is the same thing. Yes, and yeah, I mean Vitax Q4. Great for my potatoes. Mm, Always put a little potato. sprinkle in with the potatoes. Excellent. Yep. Um, time to be doing that now. Yep. Anywhere between four pound fifty at home base, up to eleven ninety nine mm. at Hilliers, which, yeah, which is a massive difference, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But I mean, home base that's incredibly cheap. So mm. I'm guessing they've had a big push or a, they're doing a big promotion on it Maybe. or something. Yep, but indeed. isn't that the thing with cost saving? Mm. If you do a little bit of phoning around and do a little bit of research. Somebody who's maybe got a furniture set the same as somebody else, mm, yeah, you can save a good amount of money on yeah. it. And if you've got some free minutes on your mobile phone mm -hmm. and 10 minutes spare, give all your local garden centres a ring before you go out shopping and yeah. maybe ask them, what is the price of something? Yeah. I think, and I think, Peter, don't you think we're, we're doing that with so many things when we go our, do our normal food shopping? It's mm. the same. It's the same mentality, really, to anything high purchase values. And it's interesting; those those five products there are things are, are what I would call consumables, things you might need to buy more of, maybe yeah. through the growing season. So, as we know, you know, sometimes you've got to uh, speculate to accumulate. So, you know, buy a bigger pack if it works out cheaper on the on the literage or the weight. Yeah. Because um, you know you're going to be I'm using just, it. I'm guessing. Mm. I know compost. Ideally, you want to buy it the season that you're mm. using oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but things like, I guess, fertilizers. I mean, the pelleted and the granulated ones. Mm -hmm. If they're kept dry and they're not they're opened, fine. I'm mm -hmm. guessing they're going to be good for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, liquid ones, again, keep them in a out of the sunshine. So, yep. If you if if you like me and your shed has, it goes from sort of minus five in the winter to. <laughs> 35 degrees in the summer <laughs> because it gets baked in the sunshine possibly not the best place to keep nope. it nope. so keep it in a nice stable environment mm -hmm. and it'll last a couple of years yeah and yeah. that way yeah like you say buy a bigger tub or yeah if you know you're going to use it it seems mm. uh, yeah very very wise but uh yeah so be a bit of speculative buying and, and do your research i think that's the that's the the key and the article i think is really good at homing in on that as well and look at own brands if if you if you're in any doubt or you want to save any any more money. Yeah, why not? Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, the likes of Wilkinsons and they, mm. I mean, they're big companies. They're not. I'm not saying they're going to be quite as good as the premium brand nope. ones, nope. but they're not going to be far off it. Yeah, no. yeah. And as I always say, Peter, you, you'll you know you may be able to buy cheaper, but if you need the advice to go with it, then obviously your your friendly independent garden centre takes <laughs> yeah. a bit of beating, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, for yeah. you listeners out there who want to actually learn about <laughs> how to plant something, yeah. do come and ask because that's what we're here for. <laughs> Indeed. And obviously, the Royals are in the news a lot mm. at the moment. Um, Harry's yes. released his book. Have you read that, Chris? I haven't, unfortunately. I, I, I've just. Seem to have missed that one. Uh, moment, and, yes. Well, we've got coronation coming up, haven't yeah, we? Next, soon? next month. Yes. Yeah, not yeah. not far away, and mm -hmm. a nice bank holiday that'll be. Mm -hmm. But I see. Well, we all know Prince Charles loves nature, and he's very into mm -hmm. gardening and what yep. have you. And he's giving Sandringham a bit of a makeover, isn't he? Yes. I mean, the West Lawn. 
Yeah, how, I mean, how wonderful is it? I mean, it's, a big, a, it's a, a big lawn yeah. named after a compass point. <laughs> Not the West Wing. Not the West, West Wing. Lawn. No, that's the wrong. That's a different country. <laughs> but he's digging it up yeah, anyway. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a half hectare as well. This lawn. It's not small, is it? By any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's, it was previously dug up back in the the Second World War to grow vegetables, and now it's going to be re reimagined as a, a very formal. I mean, the photograph Peter sort of says formality, doesn't it? If you're thinking of topiary and oh, it's beautiful. Um, it is, yeah, it's I mean, be- yeah, it's a, just the fact that he's. M- had someone build him a little model of it before they've even started work or what have you. It's brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, looking, like you say, very formal Mm. sort of lots of lines and triangles and topery and beds yeah, yeah, yeah. Her beds sort of surrounded by mm. what looks like yeah little dwarf maybe box hedging or mm. something like that similar? yeah 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 i mean yeah. well fair play to him yeah. why not and i do just hear that it's going to be um designed to cope with climate change as well so he's Brilliant. obviously very aware of that and obviously uh, improved biodiversity which obviously is what uh, king uh, king charles is all about isn't he he's very biodiverse in these in all these projects especially over at high high grove too mm. well you can't see many trees or mm. models that look the same put no. it that way so i'm hoping they're all like you say sort of lots of different types of i'm sure there will be yes there. yeah yeah but uh yeah encourage the wildlife and what have you yeah but uh, look very formal by the look of it as well so. most definitely yes i mean something to look forward to i'm sure we will see it develop on the on the, on the, on the tv over over time but sandringhamestates.co.uk if you want any more information i'm sure there'll be more information on that website too which we'll put on our show notes brilliant and i found it really interesting that mr fothergill sees who we stock and really do quite well with mm. uh also trying to sort of target the tech savvy yes amongst <laughs> us i mean obviously all you listeners out there have already clocked out to get into podcasts and mm. learn the joys of gardening and researching through the internet which personally i think is fantastic it's such a great resource yeah. but father gills are going that way as well yeah. yeah they're going for the generation or the gen Gen X, X. Gardeners, yeah. yeah that's not it. Z, X. No, X, yeah, indeed. Yeah, so. Zs are the really young ones, aren't I they? I think so, yeah. They're probably not going to be listening to podcasts just yet. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, this is this is a great initiative. So um, basically it's all about windowsill gardening. And, and let's face it, that's how most of us start. Well, mm. we, we all start growing some seeds, whether it's mustard and cress like we were chatting about. Well, we're talking pizza. about my successes yeah. or failures, should I say, <laughs> about trying to grow... Yeah. Mustard with my my two children and mm. yeah the utter failure of it and I guess yeah it's a starting place isn't it it's where we all start and yeah. then we grow yeah. sunflower and yeah. then we maybe branch out into yeah. tomatoes so, or something like that's that it. Mm. Yeah. but it, but at the end of the day it's a it's a windowsill it have light it might have a radiator or it might have a heat source below it so it's a per, per, perfect propagation point to yep. to start your seeds and that's what the whole uh, initiative of this this PR campaign is. Uh, with uh, David uh, Dominey, he's heading it, and uh, there's a really good YouTube video which I was, I was watching today, Peter, which sort okay. of expo- introduces it, and uh, I think it's a really good initiative for you know gardeners of all ages. I think that's the thing um, you'll sort of relate to it. But they they are basically saying that they've done obviously quite a lot of research, and they they do realise that there is a, an emerging trend now for the desire to get gardening. We know we know that from obviously the. The pandemic the two million new gardeners which obviously came on board uh, over the last two or three years so it's just a matter yeah. of building those numbers isn't it and uh, this, oh, this, it. and you know, it's so much fun growing seeds I, i'm always well i've got to go and sow my broad beans because mm. 
<laughs> dare I say, it, a month ago, you 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 put it on the job list, I and did, I'm thinking, but, mm, still haven't got around yeah, to doing yeah. it. So yeah, I definitely <laughs> need to yes. soak my broad beans and try and get them growing yeah. Yeah. again. But it's always fun when you do put the seeds in the compost, and suddenly mm. something sprouts. And I always love it when you. I, I grow mine in cell packs mm. quite often just because I like to see how many I can get to germinate. So if I've yes. got like 12 little cells in the cell pack yeah, and I get 10 come up, I'm that's like, a good result. That's a, that's I've, a good I've actually done it this year. But yeah. yeah, like yeah. I said earlier, the mustard. Yeah. <laughs> I can get 12 in a whole tray. But, but, uh, but unfortunately, I think that's, that experience of growing on the, on the, on the windowsill can sometimes come as a surprise. And obviously when we have problems on our our seedlings as well and uh, I'm sort of thinking here when we were, we're talking about damping off yeah, here Chris I'm, I'm edging towards yeah, yeah there's botrytis different forms where you're perhaps a bit overzealous with your sowing you put, you've sown too many seeds on the in the seed tray or in the in the pot right and they've been competing for light and you've got poor air circulation and the poor seedlings just can't cope and they usually wither usually at root level they'll just literally topple over so is this I can always remember my grandfather. He used to have like those seed trays mm. and the propagation of oh, the dough yeah, yeah, that yeah. sit on mm. top of them, and they've got like the little air vents but at the top. Yeah, what he used to do was I'm trying to remember when it was. I'm guessing after they'd just started growing, mm. he used to get a pencil or four pencils and put them around the edge. Right. So it lifted the. Top mm. of the propagation Sounds good. off a little bit, yeah. which I guess reduces the humidity just a little mm. bit, but still keeps a little bit of the warmth. And, a and That's what bit. you want, yeah. You so want that must have been why. So he mm. wanted the air, a bit more air movement and a bit more, mm. but but he still has some protection. Mm. And I think these, these wonderful uh, propagators we get are very sort of, Sort of tight fitting, aren't they? There's no real give. There's no. Mm, they uh, fit well. Yeah, so they fit well, which is what they're meant to do. However, it can be a, a, the detriment of the plants if you if they're not perhaps opened up. And like I was saying before, Pete, it's a good idea just to take the the, the lid off, maybe let it dry out, or um, you know wipe down any of the condensation, then pop it back on, so you remove some of the extra moisture, obviously around the around the propagating lid. Okay. And of course, just be careful with your watering as well. Don't be over, you know, don't be overzealous with the watering. Keep the compost just moist as the the seedlings emerge. Because we sell those humidity meters, mm. don't we? We do indeed. Yeah. What, what, sorry to put you on the spot here, Chris, but. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head what the perfect sort of humidity is for propagating or germinating a seed, even not propagating? Yeah, well, obviously, hundred percent would be obviously two, would be a rainforest, isn't it? So it's going to be probably around about fifty to probably seventy-five percent, isn't it? Okay. I would have thought, you know, as a as a ballpoint, but I mean, it's it's a combination of humidity and of course soil temperature, isn't it? So. Okay. If, if you've got a really nice propagator with some heated, um, yeah, the heated fancy mat. ones have got the heated mat. elements underneath, mm. and if mm. you couldn't quite afford that when you started off you can buy heating cables you can yeah which soil is cables a way mm. to upgrade your yeah propagator without mm. too much expense they're okay. still i think yep. 15 odd pounds or so the heated cables yeah 
Maybe a lot more to run these days might be. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. But no, these Very heat mats heat mats are pretty pretty good, and they're quite a. They only use literally a few watts of electricity, so it's a gentle, uh, gentle heat, isn't it? And that's probably right. what you want. And maybe like we're we're into the month of April now. Most things will so you know you sow now will will germinate quite naturally anyway. It's only when we're we're trying to sow seeds out of season, you know, during December, okay. or January, what we have to yep. worry about sort of temperatures. So so just a standard proper. Mm, on the windowsill and you know don't let it get too moist that's it yeah and, and once you comp i mean compost now obviously a peat free so get yourself a good compost which is maybe aimed at seed sowing yeah which yep. which we, we obviously we, we would obviously mention at the garden center here and uh, yeah use some nice good quality compost use a bit of vermiculite or perlite to put over the top of your seeds it's worth paying a little bit more money because you were saying mm. earlier no, we were talking about this that to germinate seeds you don't want a nutrient-heavy no, compost definitely. at all. It's got to be really quite bland. Indeed, Am I allowed to use you that word? Yeah, bland. <laughs> Basically, not not very very uh, yeah very very thin of nutrients because you don't want the nitrogen, which obviously will stimulate lots of growth because that can sometimes be at the detriment of growth. A good example, Peter, which I remember from my years when I was growing uh, bedding plants. Um, yeah, antirhinums would topple over if the if the compost had too much nutrients in it. They were very okay. very sensitive. You'd probably get away with marigolds and zinnias and cosmos because they they're quite tough, stocky little seeds. But very small seeds are more yeah. susceptible to these uh, these diseases. Mm. We we used to have a product called Cheson Compound going back yeah. to my days, uh, which was based on copper sulfate. That's of course gone now. So we've got nothing we can preventatively apply to our soils to to keep these uh, nasty um, soil pathogens at bay it's just down to good um, you know clean husbandry it's good hygiene hygiene isn't it, it yeah, is yeah you know, if you're reusing pots and mm, seed trays nice and clean can you give them a rinse in jay's fluid are we still allowed to recommend i think that we can or? yeah because it's it's not jay's fluid as it as it used to be it's a lot it's a lot more it's a new version, <laughs> it's, a new version. A it's, new version. <laughs> yeah. it's got no tar oils in it it's, ah. got, it's got no creosote based products in it so it's a lot okay. a lot safer but still yeah, wear rubber gloves though i, I would imagine. do yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could use you know dental or something similar you know a household disinfectant is absolutely fine okay yeah i've not thought of that yeah. yeah i mean mm. you think that uh, spray the kitchen work surface down with it's the same difference as long as you yeah you don't have any build-up it's washed you know you, you don't wash uh, it back off again yeah okay that's good so job. nice clean environment yep, yep. and no, no spiders or cobwebs or bits nope. of dirt left over from last year nope. and, then, and then a nice mild compost yeah and then once you've seed, and once seed you, compost seed compost yeah a seed and yeah a seed and cutting compost so there's plenty of those out there and you can often buy just small packets of those because you probably won't be doing lots of propagation but you want to do a few things well so it's yeah. worth um, you know spending a few more pennies on, on doing the, the getting the right sort of compost for the seeds you're putting in brilliant nice one thanks for those tips and what mm. other jobs have we got on our list Chris? right well yes more, more seed sowing unfortunately yeah <laughs> and uh, there's quite a few on, on, on the list here so i was just going to have a look on there yeah so yeah we're talking about vegetable growing so plenty of things we're into april now so you can get your, your tomatoes your courgettes Okay. You know, I know courgettes and um, marrows, all those can be sown now because they're going to take six weeks to, to get to a decent size for planting out uh, in the middle of May. So yep. those are good. Sweet corn can be on your list too. Okay. Oh, you like your sweet yeah, corn. Yeah, no, no, so, I love my uh, sweet yep, corn. Yep. And, uh, I, I, I hadn't even thought about yep. it being ready to plant yet. Yep, so, so yeah, yeah, I suppose so now, the, well, I guess... 
Are we finished with frosts for this year? This is going to be a bit of a tricky one. April can be precarious, so just make sure if you, yeah, if you're doing the seed sowing indoors or in, in your small little greenhouses, just have some extra fleece to hand to to protect there as well. Cool, and I guess sweet peas. Mm. Yeah, it must be about that time of year. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't sow them back in the autumn, um, which we'd sort of recommend you do, only because you get a head start and you've got yep. them in flower a few weeks early. But yes, get, get your sweet peas, whether you soak them overnight or you, you nick them with a, a, a sharp pen knife. That's the, the, the two different yeah. ways um, you can do that. But yes, put them into um, into your compost. Use um, root trainers. That's what I tend to do at home now. Um, put two or three seeds per, per cell. Right, okay. And uh, let all three or two grow and nip them out when they're probably uh, maybe five six centimeters tall to, to stimulate them to produce some nice shoots at the bottom side group, yeah side yeah growth, and then grow them on and then for ready for planting out uh, you know in sort of a month or two's time but uh, yeah it's perfect i just noticed today peter that we've got some actually coming into the garden center now so if you if you feel a little bit lazy you don't want to grow them from seed you know you, yeah. you can buy them as, uh, as as ready plants obviously spencer types there's varieties for hanging baskets and obviously the heirloom varieties as well. So plenty of different choices for something to, to, to buy as, as a ready-grown plant. And dahlias? Mm. So dahlias, yes. Um, so dahlia tubers. Um, my own, a bit of advice there, Peter. I would always sort of soak them for an hour or two before you plant them because they do get a little bit dry right, yep. in, in retail situations by the nature. They're usually in plastic, but I usually do that, and that just helps to absorb the water and just plumps the, the tuber because that's what it is. It's, yep. uh, it's, a, it's a stem tuber, and then you're then ready to, to plant out. Just watch the weather. You know, Start them off in pots if you can or in trays. Um, okay. As long as it's frost-free and nice and light, a lot of these small uh, lean-to little greenhouses are perfect for doing that. Yep. You can set them up there and get them going, and you'll have some really good plants then to to plant out later on as well. Well, they're a lovely flower. I yeah, do love do. A, da- a dahlia. Oh. I mean, there's a couple of plots on our allotment that's mm. got, I don't know how many different flavours or varieties that they have, but every summer you go up there and it's like fantastic, a yeah. big band of colour. Across the bit that they're growing dahlias in, and they, grow, I mean, they're so rewarding. And you can cut them, use them for cut flowers, and they, yep. they just flower. Yeah, you know, they flower right through to the frost as well, don't they? So mm. that's good as well. And I suppose whilst we're on, we're talking about bulbs, uh, yep. Peter. Maybe we could just uh, do a little diversion for our ticket top five this week, this month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, this month, this uh, month even. <laughs> yeah, even. What's been? Uh, what yeah. was selling? Uh, well, it's. We finished you know, pretty much the bulb season now, mm. haven't we? So, uh, what yeah. was the best sellers in bulbs? This, yeah, this so spring? going back in reverse order, um, and we've actually mentioned just quite recently, actually in, the, in our chat, uh, number five was the English bluebell. English, yep, not Spanish, uh, not Spanish. No, don't, spa- don't sell those. Either. No, <laughs> uh, number four, Narcissi uh, Tete Tete in six packs. So good. Okay, guy. yeah. Uh, number three. The winter aconite, the wonderful yellow winter aconite. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're very popular yeah, at the moment. I, I mean, you see them in amongst the crocuses, and they do look lovely. They do, they do they? Look, look fantastic, don't they, as well? Uh, and at number two, uh, snowdrops. Surprise, okay. surprise. I saw a lot of snowdrops there. Now, is that the pure white one? Because I've noticed there's a lot of sort of greeny formed... Mm. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, how you describe it, but it's right. a white flower with sort of green petals yes. or... There's, Variations, shall we call them, on yeah. the standard. They're, they're certainly making more mm. of a presence in the market now, aren't they? Yeah, the one we which which came in the second place was Navalis, which is the sort of the, the common old yeah, the pure white one, but yeah. very popular. And at number one, um, 
one litre size pots of tete-a-tete, so bigger instant pots. So That's interesting, because yes. in the autumn, um, we're going to have a new range in from Capitaine, mm. which are instant planters. Okay. So essentially, you buy... I haven't seen them yet, but mm-hmm. from the point of sale, it looks mm. like it's literally the pot yeah. with all the contents ready to go. That's it. You, just, so you just take it outside, put it where you want it to grow, give it a bit of water, and wow. hopefully it'll come up. That's and, interesting. Yes. Yeah, uh, but mm. instant planters mm. are clearly the way forward. I mean, to be fair, we found that with um, the drop-in planters yes, in the, hanging baskets. We did. Yeah, the pop-ins, I mean, yeah. Very, ten very years ago... I don't think they'd even hit the market. Now, now they're an import. Um, we, yeah. Well, the last five years, I'll mm. say, we've never been able to get enough Indeed. because they yeah. are so brilliant. That's and yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so definitely look out for those in your yeah. garden centres in the next month or so. Because yeah, you know, what generally week sixteen, week seventeen, they start coming through. Yes. April, yeah, yeah. They start it. coming in. So yeah. hanging baskets are on the horizon. I know, quite scary. So um, yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, yeah, the, the, the potted uh, spring bulbs have sold through now. We can see what we sold, um, and it's variety. But there's, you know, the, just below there, there's lots of tulips and some of the more unusual varieties, camassias. So yeah. people do like the variety when it comes to spring bulbs. Yeah. Well, that's it. And yeah. no, well, tete-a-tete, mm. it's not your standard daffodil, is it? No, it's, it's not. No, it's, 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 it's quite a choice. But it's, lovely little one, and um, yeah, it looks nice. But but for instant, uh, yeah, for instant results, or just dropping in a pot where you've got a, a nice, you know, spot on, on your patio or your deck, ideal, mm. isn't it? Mm. Well, if yeah. they grow, if they grow, well, that's it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they, they need. Yeah, like my slow-growing snowdrops that still haven't come into flower. Really? Oh, it's going to be a little bit of a late winter for oh, honestly, this way. Yeah. winter in Northampton. I'm not sure it's, it's finished yet, <laughs> yes, but oh hopefully they'll they'll make it into flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dear. Um, and other, other other jobs, Peter. I mean, we, everybody's been asking about herbs. Well, they start to appear obviously in the next few weeks, but a lot of yep. people want to replant. Obviously, a lot of people have lost their rosemary and their their thymes, especially mm. with the the harsh December weather we had. So, so my rosemary I was looking at it out watering the plants mm. the other day, Chris. Mm. You'd be mm. pleased to hear. And honestly, my rosemary has lost a lot of its sort of vibrant colour. Mm. It, it looks a bit. Can I say old and knackered? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit tired. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, tired, tired is a, yeah. is a better way of saying it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, but mm. what can I put some food? I mean, what's the yeah. best way? I repotted it, I think, last year, which mm. must be a treat. I mean, it's been with mm. us a good five years and right. got its first repot and yeah. did really well last year. But this year, it's just looking rubbish again. Shall I? Cut it right back, should I? Yeah, the trouble, yeah, if, you, if it's got stems which are looking black or grey um, and looking just generally a little bit grey, 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 give, give the plant a trim back, give it a okay. feed, give it some maybe a liquid feed, a bit of tomato feed, good old yeah, tomato yeah. feed that'll help to stimulate growth. A lot of plants were hit back because they put so much growth on last year, and of course, that very cold snap of minus 10, 12, 14 degrees, which we had across the UK, has hit plants really hard. And okay. of course, you know, rosemary is a Mediterranean plant, so it's, yeah, not it's quite a tropical plant. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, certainly the stems when you see it on holiday, mm. and it's that lovely dark green sort yep. of foliage with mm-hmm. a really woody stem. Yep. Yeah, mine doesn't look like that. No, no, it needs a bit. So, yeah. I'll oh, give it a feed. Give and it a, see give what it a feed. And that, that should 
bring that there. And I mean, I know we're in we're in April, but a lot of people still probably haven't you know pruned back their buddleias. It's still you still got chance. Um, okay. Um, the mine are romping away. I had to trim back that in the, the other week, but uh, yeah, go give those a cut back so you get some nice strong flowering stems on those as well. Yep. And obviously a little bit of lawn care is now obviously now we're we're into the the lawn growing season. Yeah. Yeah. So the usual aerating, spiking, uh, raking. So it's a scarifier, isn't it? It is. If you've got a scarifier or you fancy renting one and Mm -hmm. ruining your lawn for another couple of months, (laughs) it's... um, Yeah, that's, that's what mine did. Anyway, oh dear! Yeah, and, no, yeah, and maybe a bit of reseeding then. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where I forgot, the bit I forgot to do. I <laughs> yeah. just scarified it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, get on with those sort of jobs and, and work with the weather. April traditionally April showers, so it's good time to apply your, your fertilizers yep. uh, on there as well. And uh, obviously, plenty you can go for a granular one or a liquid one, depending on what uh, how big your lawn is, really, how easy it's going to be to, to apply. Well, I know well. we talked about the. My firework patch from mm. last oh, year, yes, last indeed. month. I did notice like one of the patches is starting to grow back, and the other one's still all white and dead. Mm. So I've I've decided I'm going to get the rake out, pull all the old grass Good. out, yes, and then put some fresh seed on and right. see if I can yeah. reseed yeah. that area. And I will pay yeah. note and yeah. try and blend the seed in with the surrounding that's, grass that's so the that's secret isn't it yeah all yeah. looks yeah. the same hopefully yeah, but we'll wait and see i'll, mm. I'll keep you updated on that good, see whether good. I yes. get around to doing that and planting the seed yeah. uh, the sweet corn yeah. and um the rose mm. that i need <laughs> to plant okay we've all we're got a busy got month months, ahead of I me haven't i have, chris yeah and it's it's good to do that um, yeah, so yeah, all in all, we, we have got a busy month. And I think the thing is, is to keep focused. You know, you're not going to do everything. That's the thing in gardening. You're not going to do everything. <laughs> I haven't done anything. anything. <laughs> so so prioritise. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you said, so my, my job for, for this month is going to be revamping all my formulas, which got killed in yeah, the, the you winter. Yeah, you lost a few Yeah, formulas, 14 I've lost in total. So I'm going to be revamping 14 containers uh, over the next few weeks so that's going to be a, quite a big big job but it's got yeah. to be done and uh, that will keep me busy for a while well that's it the light uh, the evenings are getting lighter now this is what yes. i keep on telling myself mm. so i'll be able to get get out in the garden for an hour when i yeah. get home oh at least yeah it's yeah. been raining so I'm managed to it. yeah yeah hopefully it won't be raining Indeed. in the whole of april and yeah, we will get out and do some yeah. jobs yeah and uh, let's look forward to it because april is a great month and obviously things are just yeah starting to mm. flower lovely i mean the forsyth has been great we'll have things like the uh, Philadelphus, the mock orange, and all sorts of lovely shrubs, and the you know Clematis montana is doing their thing very very soon. So plenty to look forward to. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you as always for all of your great suggestions, Chris. I Pleasure, will Peter. try and yeah. get on and do a couple of the jobs. That I shall. I shall promising. ask next month, Peter. I will. Nice. I'll hold you to that. Thanks. Good stuff. Thank Thanks, you. then. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.